0: to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. And this is
1: May. And welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. Today, May and I are going to go over some underrated actors and actresses. I definitely recommend you check out the episodes we did, the two-part series on overrated actors and actresses. Today, we're going to do six through ten. And I have a feeling that May and I are probably not going to have a lot of overlap. And we had more overlap and overrated simply because To be overrated, you have to be well-known, whereas there's a wide variety of actors and actresses that can be perceived to be underrated and just under the radar. So the way I am categorizing this is 10, 9, 8 are going to be more well-known actors who I just think should be utilized more and that they're underrated and maybe not seen for their talent. And then my five, four, three, two, one are gonna be still actors that people will know, but but definitely not as well known as 10, 9, and 8. May, how are you doing yours?
0: Well, I mean, I did mine differently. I, I did mine just according to exactly how I saw them being recognized, either by award nominations or not, or also by roles that they're getting, either supporting or leading roles or not um but they're all kind of all over all over the place they're scattered all over the place so sounds good I like doing
1: these because as I mentioned in the overrated ones we don't know each other's list so there's going to be some conversation maybe some fighting over these and it'll be interesting because I think an underrated I think there's going to be more of the reply of well these are properly rated because it is a little more subjective I think than overrated but Correct. One- I think you're
0: right about that
1: Let's get started. Ladies first, who is your number 10? And we should uh, put the caveat. These are under the age of 70. Who is your number? 75, actually. 75. Okay. Who is your number 10?
0: Uh, My number 10, I had a hard time choosing this one just because I kind of had two suggestions for this, but actually my number 10 is Rosamund Pike. Interesting. I was thinking of putting her on my list. Okay. what, What is your argument for being underrated? Well, she did a great job in Gone Girl. She played a psychopathic killer. She was nominated for Best Actress, but she hasn't done really anything else except for Hostels maybe, which she was also excellent in with Christian Bale. And um, I I just don't see her much anymore. I see her mostly on TV series and things like that. I don't see her uh, being the leading lady as much anymore. Um, except for that one movie, I think it was called A Lot or something, or Got a Lot or something. Well, I That's will good. say this
1: about Rosamund Pike: I mean, she does have the looks. I think she's beautiful. She caught my attention in the old Kira Knightley *Pride and Prejudice*. She plays one of the sisters, and I think most people didn't know her outside of the British period movies that she did until *Gone Girl*. And *Gone Girl* was a role, of course, that was defining for her because most people in the world didn't know her. And she does a great job in that movie. I think I think maybe the the part where she's playing, you know, hiding and playing the Southern trash, I don't think she pulls off as well, but she, she's really good at that aloof, icy, kind of Nicole Kidman 2.0. She is. She was, in, you Be- know, she was in the movie Beirut. She was in the movie Hostels. She's great in Hostels.
0: She's also in uh, Die Another Day as a Bond girl. Hmm. 2002 with Halle Berry
1: yeah yeah that's when she was young and cute
0: yeah and then she was also that was her debut but then she was also in Jack Reacher of all movies (laughs) with our our favorite Hollywood movie star uh, Tom Cruise so that was kind of a forgettable role perhaps I don't know
1: I think the issue with Rosamund Pike is a couple of things well you know she's in she's she's around 40 if not older so she's going to lose out some roles. She did play Marie Curie I remember in that movie. And she did that Amazon uh, TV show the the, uh, the sci fi kind of fantasy one. I think maybe she doesn't have a lot of range. I mean, you don't see her doing comedy. And I don't know. Uh,
0: is she talented. I do think she's talented and I, I, I do think that the movie that I'm thinking of is I Care A Lot, I believe. I think that's a movie that she was in um, where she plays a, I guess a shady legal guardian and uh, she lands in hot water when she tries to right, right. Yeah, bilk a woman who has ties to a powerful gangster, it says here. Um, but yeah, I think she actually has some, some, twisted sense of humor on her of, of her own and she really needs I think to be in, in movies again I, I don't see why she's on tv so much well um, I mean that's typically
1: the kind of the, the refuge of those who are falling out of favor in Hollywood I think part of it is age and she could have been another Kira Knightley 10-15 years ago mm-hmm. you know, she's beautiful she can do uh Dramas and period movies. The issue is that I don't think she can do comedy. Maybe that was. She was attractive. She's attractive, but I think her best days are gone. She'll still get like roles here and there for sure, especially in indie movies. All
0: right. Well, I I think she has some com, com- comedic chops in her, but I yeah I think drama is probably a lot better for her, a better fit for her. But yeah, I do see that maybe her star's fading a little bit. Well, but she's, I, she's I, at the age where she's going to be put out to pasture, so.
1: I mean, well, <laughs> OK. But I, I think Christian she's uh, a
0: little, She is still underrated, but she's my number 10. So right. what's, your, what's your number
1: 10, Greg? My number 10 is a woman that ages very well. She's in her 50s, Jennifer Connelly. Now, the reason I put Connelly in here, she is an Academy Award winner. She won for Beautiful Mind. is <laughs> I look back at her career, and she's had a long career. I first saw her in Labyrinth when she was like a teenager, the old David Bowie sci-fi movie. And oh, yeah. She has had a great career. She She's done, I mean, God, she was so freaking hot in the Rocketeer. 1991, career opportunities and Rocketeer. She's mm-hmm. beautiful, in that. She's beautiful in Higher Learning, the John Singleton College. Um, oh yeah she's in inventing the abbots she's in requiem for a dream you're, you're oh i love her movies. Movies. exactly yeah then she wins the academy award for beautiful mind so she kind of hits the a-list a-list there and then i don't know what really happens i mean she does hulk she does little children which is one of my
0: favorite movies uh, with kate winslet and,
1: and, and you said she, she was
0: also in the tom cruise film too
1: no doubt tom cruise too yeah yeah Tom yeah tom cruise, but she's in Blood Diamond. She does uh, some mainstream stuff like The Day the Earth Stood Still. She's in Winner's Tale and Noah. That's the Russell Crowe, Noah's Ark movie. So she's in mm-hmm. this she too with Aronofsky. And she does a movie called Shelter with her, her husband, Paul Bettany. And I, I was considering putting Paul Bettany on this because I think he's had a decent career. But again, I don't think he's that famous uh, to be put on this. And then, uh, of course, he did. She did Top Gun Maverick, which she essentially is one of the few women that actually has sexual chemistry with Tom Cruise. Now, I know you haven't seen this movie. She steals this movie in a lot of ways, and, and I think a lot of people were were kind of pleasantly surprised that um, she has chemistry. And she's only in like three or four scenes, and they do look, do the love scene much mm-hmm. different than the original Top Gun with. Uh, Kelly McGillis, because that one was kind of laughable—you know, take my breath away and all that—and this one is just more comedic, and she's just a great actress. And I don't know why the last twenty years she wasn't like—I mean, stando. She's not; she was never a stando. Well, she's about the same age as Julia Roberts, and so you think Julia Roberts kind of went away about twenty years ago, and I just think she could have been scoring all these roles that Kate that Kate Blanchett got for example or even maybe Kate Winslet but i don't know i don't know maybe she doesn't have the range maybe
0: i i tend to agree with you that her range seems a bit limited i think she's a bit typecast as usually the wife or the partner in the yeah. film so i i do think requiem, requiem for a dream was a, a step step out moment for her where she was actually doing something a little bit risque and a little bit different um but yeah I I do think her range is somewhat limited actually so you know who is your number nine my number nine is Mia Wasikowska interesting
1: Mia Wasikowska okay why don't you give a little background on her for people who don't know who she is
0: right she's in the two Alice in Wonderland films I believe with Johnny Depp there was a second one I didn't even know there was a second one yeah there was a second (laughs) one and it's I don't think they were flops necessarily at the box, box office but I think that she just wasn't registering as much with the audiences perhaps but she's an excellent actress um, she's excellent in the southern gothic film called stoker um with nicole kidman and uh she's wonderful in that and she's also been in jane eyre and madame bovary but now she she's hardly doing anything i think i, I she could be doing some some television perhaps but i just don't think she's in enough leading roles and um I would
1: agree that she's got talent. She is uh, a period movie kind of goddess. She really gravitates toward a lot of those. I do Mm -hmm. remember her Madame Bovary because I'm a big fan of Flaubert's Madame Bovary, the novel, and I've seen pretty much every iteration of it. And I think her treatment of it, it, although I don't really like the movie, I think she does a good job of kind of being Madame Bovary. And I've seen her Jane Eyre, and I think she's great in that. And- um, She's also-
0: She's also in Lawless with uh, Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf and I, and that's actually a good movie and with Jessica Chastain as well but she plays kind of a real she has a real delicacy about her delicateness about her so um, I don't know if she's a delicacy though but yeah <laughs> I think mean, she's she has a delicateness about her
1: so. absolutely and that's the type of girl that i find attractive you know i like the kind of skinny pale waifs and she does mm-hmm. that look on her i do know that she dated your favorite actor jesse eisenberg for i guess
0: uh, i was just gonna say yeah. that <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, i don't know what she saw in him but, but either way you know uh, he broke alert, up go check out a uh, uh, overrated actors part one because we do discuss eisenberg and i do have an episode about anna kendrick and eisenberg being almost like uh, doppelgangers that right but right i do think mia waskowski is a
0: good actress and i
1: really don't know why she doesn't get more roles because she deserves
0: she's... some more roles yeah, i always I saw her as a oscar contender but she's
1: only 33 and i've seen her do american accents like in the kids
0: are all right and i've mm-hmm. seen her definitely do the british accent so um i agree right. and she's australian she's yes famous. but yeah she needs a little bit more coming from hollywood i think so she can get her oscar nomination
1: she's she she really hasn't been in the zeitgeist for a good three four years so i i wonder why that is it just doesn't make sense because she has shown moments of brilliance and it seems like her best time was in the early mid-20s of her life so it is kind of strange that she's yeah all right my number nine is ewan mcgregor now oh my god here's my take on mcgregor clearly he's had a long career i think most people remember him from train spotting that's probably where he got his big breakout role and the reason i'm i like mcgregor is because he has a lot of range and i think yes you get how long he's been around and the range that he has so just just like his major movies, so he busts out with train spotting, which I find to be a very nihilistic movie, and it's not like a movie that I'll rewatch. And he does Emma with our girl Paltrow in '96, and then of course yes. he gets uh, Velvet Goldmine, where he's in that movie. Then he is probably most famous for, of course, playing Obi Wan Kenobi. He does those three movies where he's good in them. He's he's not Hayden Christensen. So pretty much anyone who's not Hayden Christensen in that series is actually pretty good. So he gets the gigantic uh, you know, franchise. Then he pulls out Moulin Rouge, which most women love him in. He's mm-hmm. uh, super hunky in that with our girl, Apokim and Baz Luhrmann. But then he can do Black Hawk Down, so he can do serious kind of action movies as well. He sings in Down With Love, the Renee Zellweger movie, which is not that good. But again, he sings again. He's in Big Fish. That was a big movie for him. He does The Island with Scarjo, which is a, a redo of Logan's run, the old 70s uh, movie. He does I Love You, Philip Morris. He's in Angels and Demons. He does Amelia with Louis Swank or Amelia Earhart. Beginners was a great movie. Nanny McPhee, he's in. The Impossible, the Naomi Watts movie where the, the, that takes place in Thailand during the the Osami, uh, during the tsunami. August Osage County, he's great in. And then he starts doing. Uh, Fargo, where he meets his current wife, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ramona from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And then he goes back and just train spotting to, he does Beauty and the Beast, the, the, the live action one with your girl Emma Watson, who I think is very overrated. And then he goes back and does Obi-Wan. He reprises that role on Disney+. And I just think, look, overall, he's had a great consistent career, I think like Ethan Hawke. And he can do it all. He can do comedy. He can sing. And he can do dramatic. And I Mm -hmm. think he's just very talented. And I wonder why he hasn't been, had a better career. He's had a great career. But again, my lower numbers are going to be the more well-known people. So he's had a good career. I just think that he is still considered ugly. What do you
0: think? I I don't think he has any Oscar nominations.
1: I don't believe so. He has a primetime
0: Emmy for Fargo. Right. And I do think he got a lot of flack for cheating yes. on his wife, I guess. Yes. Supposedly. Um with Mary Elizabeth when well, his,
1: his ex wife is older than him. She was she was a starter wife. They got together in the nineties before he got big. They had four daughters together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's unfortunate. Mary Elizabeth
1: Winstead and she's attractive. So I'm not condoning yeah. her infidelity, of course, but um she's attractive and We'll see. But what about his career?
0: What do you think about his career? I, I think he really has had a very illustrious career, actually. Um I, I agree that he's a great um Obi-Wan. Kenobi. I, I think he has a very sexy voice with that British accent.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, he's great in, in Moulin Rouge with Nicole Kidman. He's he knows how to sing. Very well, and that that's one of the few musicals on film that I like. Actually,
1: you know, I like the movie, but it's Baz Luhrmann, and, and I just find his movies to be overly frenetic. But I think mean, yeah. he's a good actor, right? And he was handsome when he was younger, and he's aging pretty well. I think I think he's mm-hmm. a good choice. Okay, who is your number seven?
0: Or my number eight actually <laughs> is. uh I had a hard time with this because I almost chose Ewan McGregor, but. I chose Gary Oldman instead Uh, uh, because he has had uh, a a lot of recognition actually for his film based on uh, Winston Churchill um, from the Oscars I think back in 2018 or 2017 I think and but I just think he does he's the type of actor who just does everything Mm -hmm. and he does both supporting he does lead roles you know, he was in the Dark Knight trilogy as uh, Commissioner Gordon, but in his earlier days, he was in Dracula, JFK, yeah. Henry and June, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, Immortal Beloved. He's been in Criminal Law. He's been in all of these different films. He's been in True Romance, The Scarlet Letter, The Fifth Element, Air Force One, you know all of these different movies and i just think the guy just loves to work and he works really hard and he should be recognized more probably for that and that's remember basically him. why i chose him I remember, even though he did he did finally get his oscar he did yeah so. i remember him
1: going back to leon the professional natalie portman's breakout when she's 12 years old Oh, yeah, that was a great role. He's the bad guy, like the coked-up bad guy. And mm-hmm. uh, John Jean Reno is, is protecting her. That's the first time I remember seeing Old Men. And then, yeah, definitely in Coppola's Dracula, which is a movie that's got some flaws. I mean, anytime you want to put Keanu in a role where he's got to do some sort of British accent, don't. Okay, he's horrible anytime he's got to do something with an accent, look at Dangerous Liaisons look at much ado about nothing but you're right i mean what a career i mean you go back 30 years now and he can just do everything i remember immortal beloved uh, that's where he plays beethoven i remember seeing that when we were in college together he's in scarlet letter Mm -hmm. force once he can do mainstream he's in fifth element just just what a
0: career what a career i just hope he gets like the honorary oscar one day for his his career (laughs) you know i think he has great range too
1: I mean, yeah. Tinker Taylor's Spy
0: was a movie that he got a lot of
1: publicity, and I think maybe he was a nominated for Academy Award in that one, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't have any complaints. I think he's a phenomenal actor, and probably, I won't put him in my top five, but I would probably put him in my top five, because he, he is known, but not well-known, but is respected by everybody, and he can pretty much do every role. I've even seen him do some comedy, so that's a very good choice. I wanted to take a quick break to let you know about other content here. Yeah, here. so who is your Eplectico number The Gregorio channel. So, Cinema Rag, of course, is the newest of the feeds here. The oldest is Confessions of an Obese Child, where I talk about what it was like to grow up overweight and losing the weight and keeping it off for 30 plus years. So, if you have a history with disordered eating, binge eating traumatic childhood that is a feed that might be great for you. I interview other people that were overweight and struggling with disordered eating when they were children as well. And that feed's been around since 2017. Another one in the Eclectico Gregorio series is The Awakened Man. This series has been around since April 2017 and we have over 400 episodes. Most of the episodes here are going to deal with medical stuff, medical cover-ups, toxins in the food, how to clean up your life, how to clean up your diet, and so forth, biohacks, fasting, cryotherapy, dry sauna, and we interview different experts in the field. And the last feed in the Eclectic Gregorio series is the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, and this is a series that started also in 2017, which originally was an essential oils feed, and there's over 65 essential oils that are covered there, like the benefits of them and so forth. And later, I morphed it into overall female health. So if any of you are female and want to learn about holistic naturopathic ways to improve your life, go check out that feed. And those are the four feeds that we have here at the Eclectico Gregorio channel. Now back
0: to me Yeah, so who is your number eight?
1: This is a man who's probably best known for his comedies, but can do dramatic as well. This is John C. Reilly. John oh, C. yeah. Okay, so here's my take on John C. Riley. Now, he was friends with Will Ferrell for quite some time. And unfortunately, they did Step Brothers together, which is one of Riley's iconic roles. But uh, they had a falling out because I don't know if you ever watched or heard of that L.A. Laker show on HBO called Winning Time. When yeah, Farrell. That's done by Adam McKay, and they were all friends together. Adam McKay, famous director. I did started with all the comedies like Anchorman and all those, and then later mm-hmm. the, of the series. Anyway, so Farrell wanted to have the lead role in Winning Time, playing Jerry West, and uh, John. He gave it to John C. Riley, and, and <laughs> since then, uh, Farrell and Riley don't talk, and Farrell and McKay. Don't talk. But if you look at John C. Riley's career, I mean, Casualty of Days of Thunder. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Boogie Nights. He's great. In Boogie Nights. He's in Magnolia. He's in your boy Terrence Malick's Thin Red Line. He gets mm-hmm. nominated for Academy Award in Chicago, where he kind of plays the the beta buffoon. Right. I was gonna say that. He's in Gangs of New York. He's in The Aviator, and then. All his comedy stuff. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. That's kind of the, uh, the 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 spoof on Johnny Cash. He's in Talladega Nights, of course. He's in Step Brothers, which is iconic if you like those R-rated comedies. And he's great. Like he's had some misses, of course. He he did a Sherlock Holmes movie with Will Ferrell, but I think he he has a lot of range, and he can do <laughs> dramatic and he can do acting. And I just think he's he's a
0: really versatile actor. I think that, wasn't he also in um, A Streetcar Named Desire on TV, I think? Oh, I do not know that. Who, who did he play, please? He, he played Mitch, I think.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: He may have played Mitch. I could be totally mistaken and have just No, no, He
1: was Stanley Kowalski in 2005. As street he really kid. was Stanley yes. Kowalski?
0: Just looked it up. Oh, okay. Wow. I thought he would be Mitch, but okay.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't um, that's not that, kind of surprising. I not have seen that performance. Because, you know, Stanley Kowalski is supposed to be 24 years old and John C. Riley was probably much older than that in 2005. <laughs> I just
1: think he doesn't have that raw animalistic
0: charisma. No, not really. But I, I, I do think he's, a, he's become a great character actor. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he is underrated. Incredible. And at least he's been he married
1: was... to the same woman for 30 years straight. So to this wow. Point, yeah.
0: But, you know, at least he's 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 a solid actor and he's yeah, I, I just think he's underrated because he's not recognized enough by people. Well,
1: like if you ask people about John C. Riley, a lot of people won't even know his, his, his name you show yeah. least they're gonna say oh Brothers, oh talladega knights mm-hmm. and those are iconic roles for him but i think people miss out on his dramatic roles and just how of an overall great actor he is right right all right who is your number seven
0: oh this isn't going to be a surprise it, it's edward norton uh eddie yeah <laughs> you know we both love him. um you know he was in American History X where he played a very buff, mm-hmm. and some girls actually fell for him actually just based on his his looks <laughs> in that film. But he started out in Primal Fear mm-hmm. uh, with Richard Gere and uh, Laura Linney, who would have made my list actually, but she's a little bit older now. So um, she definitely had her run. She definitely had her run. yeah she's a great actress, yeah. And he's also in Fight Club. He was uh, nominated for American History X and Birdman uh, by the Oscars, but he has not won an Oscar. He was in The Incredible Hulk. He was in Frida. But you know what I've heard about him? I've heard that he's actually very hard to work with yes, with producers of and directors because he actually rewrites the scripts, mm-hmm. like for Frida uh Salma Hayek his former girlfriend said he rewrote that script 21 times for her so <laughs> I don't think that would go so well with the screenwriter there but I do remember when they were dating and you look back that's kind of a strange relationship that's it strange... seems kind of strange but yeah he and also Courtney Love seemed a little strange too but... yeah
1: just for that i want to knock him out of any list of uh, or any amount of respectability because i just can't stand her i just
0: don't understand Courtney I mean. love yeah she's really annoying he's very annoying so well a little underrated why do you think he's underrated just he's to- underrated just because he really he hasn't done much until he came out in glass onion the Glass onion
1: he was and
0: in a desert time for sure the last 10 years
1: he was working on motherless brooklyn that was his baby uh that he directed and i believe he actually wrote it and i remember oh really interviewed for that yeah and uh he spent a lot of time developing that movie and i think that's what took a lot of his time in the last seven years 20, 20, What
0: what's that movie called
1: motherless brooklyn
0: oh right right so
1: tells you that the movie didn't do well
0: so it's kind yeah. of like a labor of love right and I, I think that he just, he's one of those types who wants to really be the at the front of the helm, you know, as far as being the director and being the screenplay writer and the, a starring actor. He, he really would like to have that. But I think he has a bad reputation with, with a lot of Hollywood producers now, so.
1: I agree because, look, he, he was on fire in the night. You know, I mean, I've mentioned Rounders. I love Rounders. He's great in that.
0: You oh, yeah, it, Rounders. You pull off Rounders, American History X, and Fight Club. I mean... And, and also the Marlon Brando film, right? Remember the Marlon Brando film he's in?
1: I don't know the Marlon Brando film.
0: Oh, no. I, for I, you know, it was kind of not that memorable, but... Um, Either way, we got about 10 minutes here. But look,
1: he... Uh, was just amazing. Red Dragon, Italian job. He's got that bad mustache. Mm-hmm. And Wahlberg and uh, Charlize Theron. Just, I think, I think his reputation of just being a pain in the ass hurt his career because if you look up to two thousand and ten, nothing. He is in the desert until he comes back with glass on
0: So, oh, actually, let me give you a bit of background. It's called The Score in two thousand one, oh, a thriller action with Robert De Niro, Edward Norton, and Marlon Brando. So. Right. But yeah I
1: remember that as a de niro vehicle okay so okay. my number seven we do have to speed this up in 10 minutes is rose byrne i love rose byrne rose byrne has the package she is beautiful mm-hmm. and she can do dramatic she can do comedy she's probably most famous for being in bridesmaids she plays uh the, the kind of the antagonist to mm-hmm. kirsten wick's character but uh, she, her best comedic roles are actually Get Into the Greek, where she plays this, this pop singer opposite uh, Russell Brand. Bridesmaids, and then you see a neighbor. She does Neighbors 1 and 2. She just has great comedic timing. She's very funny. She's great in Spy, the Melissa McCarthy vehicle. And you know, lately she's been doing more of the kind of horror movies, the insidious stuff. But she can do it all. I think she's just a very talented actress and very beautiful. What she is, think? and she's she's from Australia,
0: too. Yeah. And, and, yeah, she's another Aussie. But, yeah, she I love her in Bridesmaids. And I haven't seen too many of her films, which is probably why she's underrated, because, you know, if she had been in more films, more starring roles, we would know more about Rose Byrne. But...
1: She hasn't done much the last few
0: years aside yeah. from
1: Sidious movies.
0: Oh, yeah, and those movies really are average in my opinion, but yeah, well, I know there's a huge following for those movies.
1: really so. yeah. I did a, I did an episode on the Blumhouse model. The Blumhouse model is keep the budgets low and you get tons of profit because people will turn out for, for the... Oh, yeah. Right, okay. So who, we're running out of time here. Who okay, so you? my number
0: six is maybe a surprise to you is Kevin Costner. Because he started out, I was kind of
1: underrated.
0: Yeah, I believe he is now. As an older man, he's underrated. (laughs) As a 66-year-old man. He won the Academy Awards for Best Direction and Best Movie for Dances with Wolves, which I really didn't agree with. Mm -hmm. But he's been in great movies, No Way Out, Um, The Untouchables, Bull Durham, The Bodyguard early in his career, uh, later in his career, he's been in Hidden Figures, which is the story of the NASA program with uh, African-American uh, mathematicians. Right. Female. And those are all great roles, but I really don't think he's ever been recognized by the Academy or anything else as far as his acting is concerned. So I think Kevin Costner is a darn good actor. He's actually evolved quite, quite well. Okay. And that's why he's on my number six as my underrated.
1: All right. So So, I don't agree that he's underrated. I think that he is a classic movie star, late 80s, 90s Costner, just exceedingly handsome guy in Untouchables, no way way out. That's one of those movies where I would go gay for Pete Costner. Right, right. right. Dreams. I mean, like the military. i I just think that at the time he was considered an a-lister i don't know how he's underrated now look i watch yellowstone i just i i did sexy saturday episode on the girls from yellowstone
0: and so yeah yellowstone but he's on something like the equivalent of dallas you know
1: here's my take on costner i don't think he has range again you can't put him in a british period movie he does smoldering quiet
0: very well but he is also a very good actor though And he's just never been recognized for that.
1: I disagree with you. that's
0: why I really have him down as my number six. I disagree with you. I think he's a great, at his peak, he was a great
1: leading man. And we've talked about in the Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt filmographies, you can be a leading man and not be a good actor. They're mutually exclusive of one another. Costner had charisma. He still has it in Yellowstone. I don't think he is one of the top 10 actors of the last 30 years. I wouldn't even put him in the top twenty.
0: Actress.
1: Yeah, but I still think he's underrated. Okay, well, that's your opinion. I mean, it's yeah. All right, we've so got five minutes left. So my last one for this episode is going to be Liev Schreiber. You might not know. Oh Liev, my Liev See, Again, my numbering is different than yours. So the higher up I go on my list, it's going to be more obscure. So Liev Schreiber is a guy that probably is most famous now for doing Ray Donovan, the Showtime show, which has been on for years. Yeah. Schreiber. The dude's talented, man. He's got a Tony. He's got an Emmy. And look at just look at this run, Peek Schreiber. So he's known he, he dates uh he's with Naomi Watts. But he did he was in Scream, the original Scream. He was He in, was he you, was with
0: her, not anymore.
1: Oh you're right. He she's with Crudup now. Yeah, they were together for a long time and they had kids together. But he was in Gimme Back My Son. He was in uh, Ransom. He was in Hurricane, a Denzel movie, Some of All Fears, and Churning Candidate. Yeah. He's the lead in that. Yeah. He's in Defiance. He's in Salt. He's in the X Men movies, Spotlight. The dude is a versatile actor. He is so handsome, charismatic, and he can do comedy, he can do drama. And I just think he's
0: an amazing actor. He, he is, but he's, he's also obscure for some reason.
1: Well, that's the, the was, like underrated
0: actors it's underrated. yeah that's why he's underrated so you know why do you think he's underrated I mean the dude is handsome I think just because I don't know I think it's just because he's in so much and as a supporting actor maybe and not so much as the lead and maybe he's turned into also like a John C Riley he's turned into a character actor
1: more so well he's one of those that guys Oh, that guy! Like a lot of people would recognize him, but they might not. Yeah.
0: Know
1: but like, oh, this guy's amazing. They just know him. Look, he got a Tony for being in *Glengarry Glen Ross*, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Play by.
0: Him. I think it's also his personality too. I think he's maybe a little more understated, maybe. I than...
1: heard him interviewed in the Hollywood Reporter podcast, where they interview a lot of celebrities. Mm-hmm. He came off a little aloof and a little. Yeah, maybe a little cocky, maybe a little cerebral. Uh-huh. But he gets roles. It's not like some of these guys that we've talked about whose roles are drying up. Shrever's yeah. roles the, the, forever. I mean, the dude's only 55. Mm-hmm. He has that look, and he has that acting ability where he's just going to keep getting roles.
0: I wonder, does Does he still do a lot of plays, a lot of stage acting?
1: I don't know. He's He's spent a lot of his last years doing... Ray Donovan, which he got an Emmy for, and yeah. he said that he did that because he wanted to be close to his kids, and he wanted to be in L.A. where it's where it's filmed, or maybe it's in New York. I don't know.
0: I think it, I thought it was in New York. Yeah, yeah. That makes
1: more sense. And then he wanted to be close to them and so forth. But I just think again, he's 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 pretty good. And talk about Painted Veil. Vale. I remember when Painted Veil vale came out. That's the movie with Norton and our girl Naomi Watts as a couple, and they have to go to China and
0: yeah and Lauren edward norton's
1: husband so. she has an affair with him right, right right later on in the movie there is a, a plague and all these things but um that's a, that's a great period movie That
0: it, it is it's a good it's a great movie actually and it's very well cast and i think that's how they met actually in the movie yeah, um yeah. and i thought they were a great couple too i was upset to hear that they broke up so
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, their kids are going to be gorgeous right you think about just yeah. how, how
0: good looking both of them are right
1: all right so let's review why don't
0: you go first okay so my number 10 was rosamund pike number nine was mia Wasikowska. whatever her Wasikowski. Uh-huh. number eight gary oldman number seven edward norton and number six kevin costner
1: all right, so mine are number 10 was Jennifer Connolly. Number nine was Ewan McGregor. Number eight was John C. Riley. Seven was Rose Byrne. And six is Lee Schreiber. All right, we have less than a minute. May, I appreciate you coming on. And then, of yeah. course, the next one we do together will be one through five.
0: Okay, yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, take care. You too, Gregory. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.